Hi there, and welcome back to the She 2.0 podcast. This is the first podcast of the fall season 2023. And today I am so excited to be joined by my special guest, Lori Lewis. Lori is an intermittent fasting coach, and she's an author. And her company is called Fast Forward Wellness. And Lori and I have been back and forth on email for months, and we finally, finally got together to talk about a subject that really has me baffled, and that subject is intermittent fasting. I'm curious to know if it works, how it works, who it works for, who should and who should not try it, and Lori is full of great information. So... Lori and I are going to have a chat and I encourage you to contact me and reach out to me with questions, concerns, comments. I really want to hear from you. I should mention that the She 2.0 podcast is a bi-weekly podcast where experts join me to talk about everything and anything around perimenopause and beyond. However, this is in no way meant to replace the wise advice from practitioners, your physicians, your doctors. So before taking any of this information and trying it yourself, I highly, highly encourage you to please speak to your doctor. Make sure that these are the right solutions for you to try. There are many things we talk about that might be a great solution for some women, but may not actually be healthy for others. So I just encourage you to check with your doctor first. And on that note, I will now introduce my new friend, Lori Lewis. Hi, Lori. How are you? Hi, Jackie. (laughs) I'm so glad that we finally connected. Lori, you and I have had so many different things happening. You had a crazy internet outage. No. <laughs> and then I had other things happening. So it's so nice to see your face and talk great to, to you. to be with you. Thank you. Um, over the past, I'd say 10 years, I've noticed some changes in my weight. And I'm not even going to talk about all the other changes thanks to menopause. But, um, you know, I, I've spoken to so many women now who struggle with this weight, just feeling lethargic, like all of the you know, things that happen when we start to decrease estrogen. And, you know, we're all looking for a solution. We want to feel better. We want more energy. We want to fit into our genes. I mean, I don't want to look like I did when I was 20, but I want to look like I want to look good. I want to look like I'm healthy and fit. So, um, so I think that's how you and I connected. Um, Do you want to tell me a little bit about fast forward wellness? Oh, I would love to. I, um, I love the name because it's a little bit old school. I don't know if young people know what <laughs> fast forward even means, right? Probably not. Or the the <laughs> reference. They tape decks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm a bit of an antique. I'm 60 this year, and I honestly have never felt better. I, when I look back to my 20s, I was a bit in a fog and different than perimenopause fog. Like yeah, I, I can distinguish really. between the two. And what hit me when I was about age 29, I had this strong, quiet thought that sounded like, I think this Diet Coke might not be good for me. (laughs) And I listened to it. And I decided right then that I was going to be a person who didn't drink soda. But I just was like, well, I think 
you just have to decide for yourself that it's something you don't do or it's something you don't like. So I actually decided right then and there, I don't like dessert and I don't drink stuff like that, which was kind of radical <laughs> and yeah. clear. And that actually began my personal interest in how I fuel myself. And I never set out to be the food police. I never wanted to tell people what they should and shouldn't be eating. I, it was a personal discovery. And that actually led me over the course of 20 years to even go to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and learn more about how our bodies are all different and how we feel differently on different types of food. But the one thing that all the ways of eating can agree on is that human beings should be and are designed to be eating real whole food and yeah. not ultra processed food. And people don't even realize that, you know, I say to people, the grocery store doesn't sell too much food. And people are like, what do you mean? That's what they sell there. And I'm like, not a lot. <laughs> even yeah. the commercial salad dressings and, you know, everything has sugar in it. So, and, and I think the scariest item at the grocery store is are the coffee creamers. Holy moly. Uh. So, oh boy. So um, I had been taking really good care of myself for many, many years, kind of on the DL, but everybody knew like that, that I was like the healthiest eater anybody knew, but I didn't talk about it a lot. And when I hit age 44 is when I first noticed that I was um, having signs of perimenopause, but I didn't even know the word perimenopause because yeah. they don't send us to biology <laughs> class for older women. Nope. And um, I started experiencing all sorts of symptoms that had me not feeling well, and I, including depression, and I didn't piece it together. It actually took my brother saying to me, Lori, isn't depression kind of part of menopause and I was like it is you know <laughs> and so I really struggled for about five years and I couldn't wait for that to be over and I went into menopause early at age 49 and I suddenly gained 50 pounds my my hormones were in utter chaos and I gained 50 pounds which was quite mysterious and I couldn't figure out how to turn it around and as you and I have spoken I, you know I think most women in their late 40s and early 50s are like, something's changing. I don't feel like myself. Yeah. I know I can attribute it to this time and this phase in life. And I want to work with my body and not fight it. But I don't know what to do. How do I actually feel like myself again? Yeah. And after five year, five more years of struggling, I suddenly one day, and that's a whole other story, <laughs> found out about intermittent fasting. And I like to say that it's the most counterintuitive way to get more energy. <laughs> yeah, like, it does oh, seem like it. Yeah, everybody's dragging around and everybody thinks, oh, I need to eat food to fuel me to get more energy. It doesn't work like that. What works is it actually has integrity with the design of the human body to pause from eating and eat in a consolidated time frame and to pause. Because if you think about all human history, we survived by not having food and then food and then not having food and food. Yes. And it's in this time uh, in human history that we have 24 seven easy access, not only to food, but to food that's been engineered to keep us addicted. So, um, and we are in a health crisis. 
because mm -hmm. we eat all the time. And I think that most people don't put those two things together, that most of the diseases and discomfort, aching head to toe and so forth, inflammation that we're suffering with is due to our eating all the time. And so I love that I can support people with my fast forward wellness um, in figuring out a customized eating window and it's totally flexible and changeable. And then dis discerning for each individual, the foods that you love, that love you back, that have you feeling amazing. Yeah. And then executing a future life. Execute sounds like a very serious I know. word. <laughs> living, living, living. <laughs> continuing and living. And so here I am at 60, um, no medications, no aches and pains. I mean, five years ago, six years ago, gosh, seven years ago, every time I stood up, I was like, ow, 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 my hips were hurting. I had to kind of sort myself out. And now I just live my life with no aches and pains. And intermittent fasting was what helped you to lose the 50 extra pounds. Is that That's right? That's right. That's right. And the most astonishing part was all of the other health benefits and that within three days, of keeping an eating window. I just decided on the first day, I was like, well, I guess I'll just drink black coffee, my black coffee and plain water and wait until noon to eat lunch. So I just, on day one, waited till noon. Some people, you know, start a little differently and we can talk about that. But within three days, I felt like myself again. It's hard to put words to what it feels like to feel like yourself. And I was standing in my mom's kitchen after, like I said, three days of having an eating window. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, there I am. And I just felt grounded and clear, sharp. And um, I hadn't felt like that in a really long time, many years. And so um, I have continued having an eating window every day for six years now. And it changes with travel and special occasions and so forth. Yeah. But every day I decide when is my eating window today? And I deliberately consciously fast clean so that my body can burn my own body fat for fuel and fuel my brain on ketones and feel sharp and bright. And uh, we can talk about all the health benefits. It's, it's amazing. I mean, my plantar fasciitis went away. So one of the main things is it lowers inflammation. And mm -hmm. so this debilitating pain that I had for 10 years disappeared after between, I can't quite tell when it was, it was between three and four months of starting. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Inflammation is something I don't think a lot of women know much about. Uh, they right. don't understand we me as well, like the tie in with our gut health and, you know, and how that affects our overall being, not just the way that we look and feel, but the way we think clarity you know there's some issues we've talked about um can you just quickly explain the different um fasting times is that what you would call that like, sure yeah <laughs> okay i'd be glad to okay so i approach it a little differently than all the you know ads that you'll see on facebook and instagram and so forth so you don't need to select your fasting pattern at the beginning just think that there are two parts to every day, the fasting hours and the eating window. And you get to decide based on your health, your goals, 
your work schedule, your fitness, your family, your social life, um, you get to decide what you're going to do on day one. And then we'll sort out what your body will start informing you what is having you feel your best. Okay, so if you take the 24 hour day and divide it in two, like I said, on my first day, I aimed for 12 noon. And so I on my first days was doing a what we call a 16 eight, a 16 hour fast and an eight hour eating window. I discovered pretty quickly because like I said, I was home visiting my mom that I was closing my eating window earlier than the eight hour, what I anticipated I would try. And so then I realized, oh, well, I'm eating lunch at 12 and I'm finishing up my dinner at six or 6.30. So I guess I'm having a six hour eating window, right? So it's, there's no, it's a, an investigation, a discovery, a curiosity an observation. It's not a hard, push trying to fit a square peg in a round hole so what i encourage people to do if they're interested in feeling better is to decide today what time you're closing your eating window today so some people really eat an early dinner and close it up by 5 30. some people shift until later and so then people ask me well what's the best eating window it's like no 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 we want this to be good and easy and feel right for you. So what do you do now? When do you finish dinner now? Now, some people are dealing with late night snacking, which is a whole other challenge, yeah. but intermittent fasting really helps people with that because once you've decided, let's say you close your eating window today at seven, or what time would you say, Jackie, sounds about right for you? I would say it's a little trickier in the summer. Yes. Um, right, because it's lighter later. Um, That's right. I get, you know, I get around to dinner later than normal. Um, and then, you know, if we're sitting on the porch, I'll have a glass of wine. Yep. Which is included, right? It's a That's right. intake. Yeah. Uh, I'd say like eight or nine. Okay. Let's say nine. Okay. okay. Why not? All right. Okay. Nine. That feels good. If you close it earlier, super, but nine. So you're going to at nine, I encourage people to set yourself up to win, set a, an alarm at 845. It's kind of like last call <laughs> and uh, eating window closing. And then you wipe those kitchen counters, close the fridge, turn out the lights and your eating windows closed, whatever time you decide that is. And then you drink plain water after that and go to bed and wake mm -hmm. up tomorrow. And on day one, I encourage people to just add 12 hours. So for you, it would be 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. And so whatever time you wake up, drink plain water. If you like coffee, have a black coffee. If you like tea, have a black or green tea. No mint, no herbal flavors. We can talk about why not. Um, we want to set the body up for full healing, full repair, no distractions, no nutrients, no flavors, no, you know, messing with the digestive tract. Wanna, don't want to take anything in that's going to have the body perceive incoming food. Yeah. And the reason for that is one, it makes fasting easier, believe it or not, to keep it plain and unflavored water or black coffee or bitter tea. And it actually allows the body for the full healing repair. So day one, you're going to aim for 12 hours. And at nine, what do you do at nine when you've hit your 12 hours? Well, you actually ask yourself if you're hungry or not. Yeah. And if you're not, wait, if you are, eat normally. What's normally? What do you normally eat? That's people. This is how you start intermittent fasting. 
You decide when you're closing your eating window. You fast clean. You wake up. You have plain unflavored water, plain unflavored black coffee, if you drink coffee. And at the 12 hour mark, you decide if you're hungry. If you are, eat normally. And from there, you just shrink the eating window based on your day, your goals, your physiology, and extend the fasting hours and um, do that for about a month. And, and, and uh, you like, if you have a day where you have like lowered and closed your eating window, um, but the next day something happens and you extend the eating window by yes. like an hour or two, is that going to screw everything up? Nothing screws anything up. You cannot mess this up. So one of the joys that I have is disentangling people from diet mindset and diet culture and this idea of I'm doing it, I'm not doing it, stopping and starting. Oh, I did that, but oh, I messed up last weekend. Now I have to you know, punish myself and I was bad and now I have to try and be good. All of that, we disentangle and dissolve it. And so what I'm empowering people to do is to realize that every day you have a choice. You're a person, if you decide to be, I'm a person who eats in an eating window and yep. I get to say when it is. I'm a person who deliberately, consciously puts my body into a healing state during my fasting hours and then eat later in my eating window and eat delicious foods that I love that nourish me well, that have me feel really well. So it's a win-win of everything. So if you decide, if you wake up, tomorrow and you're like, oh, I've got this brunch thing, but then I've got this dinner thing. It's like, huh, okay, you decide my eating window is longer today. And then one of the tricks, the practices with that is we all need to be learning to eat mindfully and eat, as I say, to satiety. What is that? That's eating enough nutrients at one sitting like a small meal or a huge meal yeah. where your body feels satisfied mm -hmm. and then you wait until the next meal. And we've been trained to do the opposite. We just, we've turned ourselves into a grazing animal, which we are not. And so if food is in front of us, it's in our mouth. If we see food, it's in our mouth. Um, you could imagine, you know, get, show yourself some kindness. It, if we were an ancient human being, <laughs> which I feel thousands like. of years ago. Exactly. We, our physiology has been trained that if there's food in front of us, we eat it. It, it when food was scarce, mm -hmm. it, it would be detrimental to not eat it when you saw it. So the fact that we have food around us in front of our faces all the time, we are literally designed to eat food when it's in front of us. So, so I'm supporting and training people to have an eating window know that your fasting hours are your hours of repair and you'll feel so well so quickly like i said it's the counterintuitive way to get more energy and then when you eat put some food on a little plate and sit down and give yourself a rest and enjoy it and notice when hunger is gone notice when you're satisfied and stop eating and know when the next meal will be so to to concisely get back to your question if you extend the eating window you didn't mess anything up you're an adult you chose eat your meal pause eat another meal pause eat another meal close your eating window and so then what's snacking in between well if you're hungry yeah because you're still within your eating window right 
But then people start realizing, wow, I'm doing a lot of eating when I'm not hungry. Huh, mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting to me because, as you know, um, I have tried intermittent fast. Yes. Um, the first time I did it <clears throat> was a few years ago, I think, and I, I did lose weight. Um, I felt better. Uh, the second time I did it, I didn't lose any weight, but I felt mental clarity. And I was yes. doing a really hardcore one. I was challenged to do a 22-2. I remember. <laughs> so the first day I did it was hard, I think, um, because, you know, your body's getting used to no food incoming. Um, the second day was super easy, mm -hmm. and it, which is hard to explain, but I drank a ton of water. Um, and then when you eat and you only have two hours you're eating lots of protein lots of veg because you know you have to fuel your body for another 22 hours um i did have people say to me it was really extreme and it was a bit it is extreme especially you know i want to eat with my family and i you know i enjoy my coffee in the morning and um but i wanted to try it 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 really was good i'm i have focus issues with add and i yeah I noticed such a difference. Like I was able to concentrate, which I loved. Um, but yeah, like I guess in my lifestyle, twenty-two-two is not maybe that reasonable. But it doesn't have to be. Like like you said, it doesn't. You don't have to go on and follow the, you know, the eighteen-six or the twelve-twelve or the you know. There's multiple um, variety. Like there's Schedules. multiple ways yeah. you can. Yeah. Uh, intervals. That's right. I'm yeah. using all my words today, but I do. I like that there's a bit of flexibility. Um, I hate the taste of black coffee and black mm. tea, so mm -hmm. so I have to stay away from it just altogether. I wish I could learn to love black coffee. You could. I might believe have it to. or not. Here, here's some tricks. Okay. So when a person and I really want to get back to what you shared about the twenty-two-two because. Um, I can add some dimension to that so people listening can understand a little more. Um, but let's talk about coffee. Our taste buds completely regenerate in two weeks. So in two weeks, you have new taste buds. So uh -oh. when we train ourselves to get off of sweetness, see, when I was in my late 20s, boy, was that a long time ago, I decided I'm not going to I'm not going to chase more sweetness. I'm not going to quit sugar and then chase more sweetness. I'm getting off the sweetness. And so we can train our taste buds to actually prefer bitter flavors, to like bitterness oh. more than sweetness. Now, that's shocking because evolutionarily, um, our body knows that sweetness is delicious for a reason yeah. because it knows that that's a quick hit of energy if you're imagine again an ancient a person <laughs> way back <laughs> our ancestors um knew that the sweetness was the quick energy and yeah. so if you here's how you can decide to shift to black coffee in the morning some tricks you can either shoot shoot back an espresso just get the caffeine in you and switch to plain water if if it's the caffeine that um your body needs most of us many people really love that feeling that ritual of waking up with their coffee and the perfect mug exactly prepared the way you love it it's a welcome to the day okay so i definitely get that but you can have that later 
when you open your eating window. You can have your coffee how you like it later. And maybe you switch to decaf, okay? So you get, and the some of the ways to transition to black coffee would be to have it on ice, to have it either very strong or very weak. Some people put a tiny bit of salt, Himalayan salt, not the horrible, you know, table salt, um, like an unprocessed, uh, healthful salt, a few, a little bit of grains in the coffee grounds. Um, but I promise, really, I want to hear from people if it doesn't work for you, like 99% of people this works for it, that if you have your coffee black for two year, two weeks, you won't hate it as much in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can have your sweet I call it your candy coffee later when you open your eating window. <laughs> but, but by then you probably eventually transition over where your that is it just feels way too sweet. That's right. Oh, so okay. I want to ask you, may I, a little bit about your twenty-two-two. So for some people, that is a beautiful fasting schedule. And it works really well for their personality, their goals. Some people really need to turn around type two diabetes, to immediately lower inflammation, to boost their immunity, to normalize their blood sugar and their blood pressure. And they have immediate health issues. And that 22 2 one meal and a tiny, you know, spread out over two hours, that really works well for some yeah. people. But if you approach that 22-2 or a 23-1 or even a, you know, a, a short, very, 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 very tiny eating window as a diet, that is going to be very short-lived. See, mm -hmm. there are so many things that you said. One, it was you were challenged to do it. So it's short-term. <laughs> yeah. It has an expiration date. Yeah. Um, and it was already kind of a struggle. You realized you felt well. But you were also keeping the eye on the scale, yep. which, and so then my, my first question is how long did you do that for? I, I only did it for two weeks. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so remember a few minutes ago, I said to start with 12-12, shrink the eating window, extend the fasting hours and play, experiment with that, eat normally and do that for about a month. Yeah. The month is the adjustment phase where your body is sorting out, wow, okay, I guess we're really doing this. And it's shifting to become metabolically flexible, to use the fuel that you have on board. And, you know, I've been at my ideal weight for many, many years now, and I've got about 22, 23% body fat. So like a quarter of me is fat. I'm never going to run out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we, I always have fuel on board to fuel my body well while I'm in the fasting hours. And so um it's it works better for people to settle rather than starting with this tough challenge again unless you're someone who has some health things to turn around quickly it works so much better to ease in and adjust into the discovery of your fasting sweet spot yeah where after about a month i can say to any client what's your sweet spot and if i said to you jackie What's your eating window for the rest of your life? Like if you really had to pick one, which yeah. you don't, but if you had to yeah. for the rest of your life, and most people would be like hmm, one to seven, to, two to 10, 11 to four, you know, people like pretty quickly know what yeah. 
their sweet spot is. Your body kind of tells you, doesn't it? It does. And then there's no struggle. You know, it's not a punishment. It's a replenishment. So people, we want to feel very well in our fasting hours and our eating window. So then once you're settled into that, if you decided, oh, you know, I think I'll do a 22-2 for a week, or I think I'll do one 22-hour fast a week, one day a week, I'll decide what day that is. I'll have a two hour eating window. I'll get in lots of healing hours. I'll nourish myself really well in that shortened eating window. That's great. And then back to the, the what you noticed that you didn't lose weight, your body was in the adjustment phase. This is not for most people, a quick weight loss scheme. So right. you would think my goodness, you were fasting for 22 hours a day. Your mm -hmm. body should have just been dropping fat. Like, no. It's adjusting. It's using up the glycogen stores in your liver. It's becoming fat adapted. And if we, this is more leftover from diet mindset, if we are looking to the scale for the answer to the question, is it working? A lot of the time we will be disappointed. So then I can, I can hear the whales out there in listening <laughs> land of people like, then why the heck would I put myself through that? Because as you said, you felt better. Yeah, you were clearer, sharper. You could mm -hmm. think um, in a more focused way. You were brighter. You slept better. And I, I'm assuming most people do. So once you get through that first month, I tell people to put the scale away in the first month. Yeah. Because if you're you looking at too, <laughs> I did tell you that if you're looking externally, how am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? Get on the scale, get on the scale. Like, like the scale is telling you how you're doing. It's one data point. And mm -hmm. remember, I gained 50 pounds. I was interested in losing it. So I was interested in fitting into my clothes again that I liked that I couldn't wear for a long time. So I understand the desire to be back in, as Susan Pierce Thompson calls it, my my right-sized body. I love how she says that. It's like, we're not looking at weight only. So it's how your clothes fit. It's reducing the, the belly size. So one of the indications of a healthy person, and this isn't vanity, this is your waist to height ratio. And we need our waist to be less than half of our height. So even if there's only one thing you're measuring other than your lab work, um, I would say waist to height ratio is really important. And you're certainly not going to measure that every single day. Okay. So step one, when you're asking, how am I doing? Is it working? Step one is, well, how do I feel? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. My shoulders feel better. My hips don't ache so much. I'm waking up easier in the morning. I'm able to do a fasted workout because my body's fueling on my own body fat. And then I go about my day and I eat later. Like, how yeah. do you feel is the most yeah. important. Yeah. And you know, um, so with COVID, um, everything changed in my house, like everybody around the globe. Yes. So my husband works upstairs in what used to be my office. And I work at the dining room table located conveniently next to the kitchen in an open concept house. So I am reminded every time I turn my head that there's food over there, which yes. makes you go, oh, am I hungry? Um, when it was the 2022 um, window I tried, I wasn't hungry, but I was thinking about food because 
I was sitting right next to it all day. It was right there. Yes. It was right there. And it was hard not to. And I was waiting for the pangs of hunger to take me over. It didn't happen. Actually, I've, I've told a few people that who didn't believe me. I said it never happened. I I waited right. for it, but I drank a ton of water. Yes. Um, and I love, like, if I could have bottled that feeling, that was great. Um, you can. So- <laughs> I just don't need it. You in a can bottle. have that feeling every day. Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about specifically about intermittent fasting and menopause. And so Laurie, I've had a few, quite a few people um, when I talked about my, um, not my 2022, but I went back to like a 12, 12 and I still kind right. of do that. But, you know, I think it's like any kind of workout you do, once you do something long enough, you need to change it up. And um a lot of people i want to i want you to maybe dispel this myth they call intermittent fasting a diet which drives me crazy because it is not a diet it's um you know it's it's a lifestyle in many cultures um can you talk a a little bit about that sure okay so it's not a diet because diet means the food we're eating Remember I said, we're, we're all eating, okay? So eat for you, eat normally. And then, you know, if we work together or people can do this certainly on their own, once you've established your fasting and eating window sweet spot, then your own body will start informing you of the foods it wants and the foods it does not want. Like you even said, in your two hour eating window, you're like, I knew I needed, to, I wanted yeah. to fuel on, I knew, my body was telling me what it wanted was yeah, protein fat, and greens. That's right. And so when you are consolidating your eating to an eating window, whether that's one hour or 10 hours, it's a little, the appetite correction doesn't quite kick in with a 10 hour eating window, but, yeah. um, your body is informing you of the fuel that it needs and wants. So the fueling, the eating is a diet, the food you're eating, but intermittent fasting is a timing. And so again, human beings through all human history have had food and no food and food and no food. So we have Mm. evolved to thrive mentally and physically more stamina, more strength, more clarity in a fasted state. Imagine, if we got lethargic and sleepy and weak in a fasted state, we would not have had the strength and stamina to go find food. Yeah. So we are sharper and brighter in a fasted state. I mean, this is why it's a big trend in Silicon Valley for everybody's fast, all the tech people are fasting because they're realizing their mental acuity and, and professional athletes are training and sometimes even performing in a fasted state because they wouldn't do that if their performance didn't improve. And so I think what people collapse is the idea of dieting. So they think I need to lose weight, which is dieting. And one, one trendy way of dieting of losing weight is to intermittent fast, but we got to separate those two because it's a timing. It's a timing. It's not the food and your body and together we'll sort out, you know, what are your trigger foods? What are the foods that make you feel poorly? What are your grab and go foods that you gravitate towards when you're rushed and exhausted and you don't have anything, but you've got to eat something. So you make a bowl of popcorn for dinner. That's not dinner. (laughs) And then the foods you love that love you back. And that's different for everyone. I, you know, I coach people who are plant-based and I coach people who are carnivore and we discover together the foods that fuel you your very best. So, 
Well, and it makes sense because when I think about um, what you said on like having a bowl of popcorn, when you know you have access to food all day, you don't treat it so special. So mm. you're like, oh, you know, I can just go have popcorn, but now or I'll have a sandwich or whatever you do. But when you only have a short period of time, you want to pack it with fuel, right? That's like right. you don't want, I don't want a bowl of popcorn because that might make me full and then I won't get to my veggies, which is actually what's going to sustain me, not my popcorn. That's so right. that, that does make a lot of sense to me. Your body as an intermittent faster will definitely rebel against that. So again, whether you have a six hour eating window or a two hour eating window, your body will inform you no i don't feel well when you eat that it is not sufficient fuel now remember yeah. some people get confused and they think well there's this recommended amount of calories and macro nutrients and so forth that i've got to try and squeeze in every day and all my supplements and i got to get all that now into an eating window no no no, no. first off all those requirements are made up Okay, so do we trust the entities that made it up? Hmm, that's up for debate. Okay, so then <clears throat> remember that when you're fasting, once you're through that initial adjustment phase of a month, your body is fueling on your own body fat for energy, mm -hmm. which is a fuel source. So again, if you are fasting clean, not tricking your body with flavors and nutrients while you're fasting, you're fasting clean and your body is tapping into that fuel source and, and really executing a deep cellular repair called autophagy, then you're burning your own body fat for fuel. Then if you give yourself a sufficient eating window, which is why I think long-term having a one and a two hour eating window is insufficient because it can work well for some people for, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying if, if there are people out there who are like, that's my plan, that works well for me, great. But long-term for most people, we need a bit of a longer eating window so the body can inform us today of how much food it needs today. And some days it feels hungrier and some days it doesn't. So one of the things I face is people are like, oh my gosh, I overate yesterday. I'm like, you overate, tell me what, tell me about that. Well, you know, let's say they have a six hour eating window. They're like, I'm normally not super hungry, but when I got to my eating window, I was ravenous, so I ate everything. And I said, was that your body informing you that today it needs more food? Did you eat past satiety? Did you stuff yourself? Yeah. And mostly people are like, no, I just, you know, I ate my meal and I wanted another one. Yeah, and like, it took them oh. a while to get to their- Right. I can't even uh, it took them a while. Yes. And so appetite correction, which is an idea that was uh, coined by Dr. Bert Herring, who's the metabolism expert. He um, appetite correction is where the body is informing us today of the quantity of food it needs some days more, some days less and the quality of food. So, you know, with intermittent fasters, suddenly you're like going broccoli, broccoli, broccoli. And people are like, I don't even like broccoli, but my body wants it now, you know, so and the foods that do not serve your body, like a bowl of popcorn for dinner, mm -hmm. your body will lose interest in that, or it will outright rebel. It'll say, yeah. no, cut it out. Or you'll, you'll have something in the pantry or the freezer for a long time. And you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot that was even there. Whereas now if pe people who eat all the time, they're like, that thing wouldn't live in my house for five minutes. 
Yeah. But for intermittent fasters, oftentimes you'll open the freezer and be like, oh my gosh, this ice cream is in here. I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that happened to me on that 22 mm -hmm. was I thought like, you know, I did it for a few weeks, but I was thinking every time my meal, my two hours was coming up, I'm like, oh, I am just going to eat everything in this house. Um, and I ate less. I got full quicker. That's and right. I ate less. Um, and it worried me because I was thinking, oh, no, I need more in my body because we have to go another 22. But I didn't. Well, that's why um, exactly what you just said. That's why I prefer for most people long term, like a sustainable eating window, your sweet spot when you're in your groove. Yeah. A little bit of a longer eating window, even four hours will give your body time for hunger to arise again if today it wants more food. So. Right it's totally normal you fasted 22 hours you thought you were going to eat everything in the fridge you had you know some things and suddenly you weren't hungry anymore yeah then wait you you ate then wait a bit and then hunger will arise and you'll be able to have a whole meal and then you close that eating window and again some days more yeah. food some days less and you just tune into it and don't worry about it because your body's the boss your body's telling you so you don't you're not you're saying that you know that the length, the duration of your eating window, ultimately, mm -hmm. it's it's probably different for everybody, yes. right? Or is there an optimal eating window that you recommend? I think if a person out there is in optimal health, they're hitting the gym, they're a professional athlete, they're at their ideal weight, they're they're trying to maintain a particular level of muscle mass, they're they're really, really fit and all their health numbers are perfect. Someone like that could have a 10 hour eating window. So it would be incredibly helpful for them to fast for 14 hours and get their food fuel in, in a 10 hour eating window. Oh yeah. I suspect most of us are not that super ultra fit, optimized human body <laughs> physiology, okay? Yep. So wherever you are out there, what are your health markers? Your A1C, your blood sugar, your blood pressure, your thyroid, your cholesterol, your triglycerides, your liver enzymes. What is, you know, your, what, body size and shape would actually have you feel your absolute best. And then you look at your day, your, when does your work start and where are you working? And do you have a commute? And what about your family and, and friends? And do you, do you feel better with a big lunch and a tiny dinner? Do you feel better having breakfast and a lunch and not having dinner? Like what? So each person can discover for themselves what has them feel their very best and that is sustainable and so is there an ideal eating window well the same dr bert herring wrote a book about a 19-5 schedule it calls it the five hour diet or something it's again it's not a di when the word diet is used in intermittent yeah, fasting it's books misleading. it's confusing right so um he and his wife who are both doctors discovered that for them a five hour eating window was amazing same thing with Jen Stevens, who wrote Fast, Feast, Repeat, and Delay, Don't Deny. She, um, 19.5 is her jam. Many people, 17.7, you know, a seven-hour eating window, you can really have two delicious meals. Yeah. 
and you're getting the benefits of fasting. You aren't getting enough hours in the deep, deep fat burning. So, you know, some people ask, well, could I do like a 20 and four, you know, fast 20 hours and eat in a four hour eating window on my work days and have a 17, seven on the weekends? Sure, or the opposite. Um, so in the beginning, it's very helpful for any human being who's creating new habits have consistency to do try and tighten it up do the same thing every day settle in after about a month into what you know really then use that second month to figure out what feels really good for me and then once you've again figured out what your sweet spot is you can live that way forever or you can tighten it up to reach your goals but you really want to be eating enough eating well in your eating window. It's like a dance between that fat burning and that food fuel and both should make you feel amazing. And some people say, oh, when I eat, I now feel so lethargic and okay, let's look at what you're eating because your yeah. food is doing that. Your food choices and the order yeah. that you're eating your food is making. But again, in the beginning, eat normally, <laughs> eat what you normally yeah. eat. Yeah. And then I think like to your point, your body then guides you because it does. I, uh, I had fresh bagels in our fridge. I didn't want one. It, I was like, oh, that's like going to turn into sugar. And that's not what I need right now. You know, so, I. So what's interesting about that is your brain. I just differentiate between what your brain told you and yeah. what your body is communicating to you. So what I heard initially was you just went, oh, not interested. Yeah. That's your body. Mm -hmm. Then when you went, it's going to turn into sugar and that's your brain. That's, that's all the indoctrination that we've gotten, which is, which can be helpful. Yep. Um, but when we're following a plan and counting macros and counting calories and following a food list, we're looking externally for direction and guidance and information for what we should do and how we're doing. Yeah. Our body knows. And when you saw that bagel, something there's there's nothing wrong with a bagel no now it can be detrimental every day over time what what you know yeah. but right now when you saw that your body went eh, no yeah you should pay attention to that yeah and i did <laughs> yeah um can we talk a little bit about why intermittent fasting is good for women who are perimenopausal or menopausal well, it's good for all adult humans. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no one that shouldn't do it. Children should eat when they're hungry. Right. Okay. Yes. So this is and like we should, an adult thing, but in the adult category. Yes. Is there anyone like with a pre-existing health condition that shouldn't do it or? So if you're type one diabetic, which means that your your pancreas does not make insulin and you take exogenous insulin, you should work very closely with your physician and you will realize that you most likely will feel better and you can reduce your insulin intake. OK, so there okay. there's a lot of evidence on that. Women who are pregnant, women who are breastfeeding yeah. do not have a fasting schedule. Fuel your body with food fuel. <clears throat> because you're growing a baby or feeding a baby. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> other than that, um, people can, you know, 1212 has been proven to extend life, to right. increase longevity. So I imagine a world, Jackie, where everybody is like, I, everybody has an eating window, just like sleep. Everybody yeah. goes to sleep at night. 
most people are sleep deprived, but that's another topic. You know, we sleep at night. Wouldn't it be amazing if everyone had an eating window? Like we're just conscious, like when's my eating window today? I'm gonna deliberately, consciously, thoughtfully put my body into this healing fasting state for part of the 24 hours. And I'm going to fuel myself well for the other part of the 24 hours. And if people choose 12, 12, or if they choose 14, 10, um, or if they choose 22, two or 19, five, um, wherever you settle in, you can know for sure that you are lowering inflammation, normalizing your blood sugar, normalizing your blood pressure. So when we look at women, um, over 40, especially Mm -hmm. between 40 and 55, we are going through a transition of real hormonal chaos and what has worked in the past which is mostly pushing hard and restriction and punishment and nothing we can achieve we you know we can't achieve anything without a concerted effort those days are over that hard push your body can't take it anymore so then we have to deal with our brain which is wait I'm not, I don't want to just succumb to it's all downhill from here. I don't want to let myself go. Yeah. I do want to be a person who takes very good care of myself and works with my body, which is actually gentle. So we have to sort out mentally and emotionally, how do I achieve things in a gentle way? Because now the paradox is that is the way that we will achieve what we want that is the way to get the results we want is the gentle path the working with our body noticing so for a woman who's you know i say 40 aged 44 to forever (laughs) and if you start earlier it'll be easier on you if you start this daily awareness with a fasting foundation of fasting clean and eating in an eating window and not a hard push, you'll experience some hunger, like a hunger wave, but it comes and goes and you can breathe your way through it. You can drink water, you can preoccupy yourself and stay busy and suddenly you're like, wow, it's suddenly 19 hours. I didn't even realize I got a strong hunger around 17 and a half hours and then whoop, it was gone and I feel great. So what this pattern this foundation of fasting clean and having an eating window provides a woman in perimenopause and menopause is that clarity of working with the body and getting this the true signals that it's giving you and there are times when it absolutely asks for more nutritious food and you should give it to it okay so sometimes for a woman in transition sometimes you will have a 15 hour fast and a nine hour eating window. And then at the end of your cycle, you may feel like, my gosh, I can fast forever. I could do, you know, fast for 21 hours every day and have a three hour eating window. So that can change. But post menopause, which is once you've had, you've had no period for a year, you're in menopause, then you can really settle in to the groove that has you feel well and clear and strong. But during perimenopause, it is a dance of changing the eating windows based on what your body is telling you for sure. But it makes it a lot clearer. And remember my words, women out there, 
this is not the time to push through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know there has been some concern. I, I know I get feedback from some people saying intermittent fasting is not good for women in menopause because it can disrupt our like our delicate hormone balance and uh you know lead to maybe like irregular cycles or increase our hot flashes but it sounds to me like that i I haven't heard evidence of that i'm just hearing that as feedback yes it's anecdotal Mm -hmm. yeah it sounds more like you know your body has to adapt to this and it's, things are good and you're gonna have those changes anyway until your body is balanced it's treating fasting like a competition yeah. it's treat it's the hard push that isn't good for a woman in perimenopause yeah. and menopause yeah. so fasting conscious again i call it it's not a diet it's a mm-hmm. quiet so if if you're experiencing something other than a clear quiet when you're fasting and and an enjoyment and a pleasure and a nourishment when you're eating, then we really want to work on that, that beautiful dance between fasting and eating and that fasting clean and the right length of fasting for you and how that might change throughout the month. And then the nourishment of your body and your eating window and what fuel serves you. But you can, you can hear even in that approach that this is not the fasting Olympics that is what isn't good for women as we age (laughs) we really want a quiet thoughtful you know when i hear women in perimenopause saying i'm going to the gym twice a day and i'm on the peloton in the morning and i'm going to pilates at night i'm like whoa that doesn't work anymore (laughs) yeah things change so you have to change Mm -hmm. with it yeah um before we wrap up can i ask you to maybe just tell share some thoughts on what you can and cannot eat in your fasting window or drink or consume in the fasting hours. Yes. Okay. So I've said a few times fasting clean. So I love making that clear. So the term was coined by Jen Stevens who wrote delay, don't deny, and then fast feast repeat. And she had to come up with the term clean fast because you can find anything on the internet and we as human beings, we wanna know what can I get away with, <laughs> right? What am I allowed? Cause I'm gonna push it, right? Yeah, so I was that person. Fast is really like a purest fast. Like imagine again, ancient human beings, when they went out to the desert, they didn't bring their electro, you know, strawberry flavored electrolyte drink, okay? So <laughs> fasting is fasting, even in Ramadan. So fasting is fasting and eating is eating. It's a clear distinction. So the clean fast, what what puts the body into deep healing and actually makes fasting easier, plain unflavored water of any sparkliness or temperature. Just no lemon, no cucumber, no stuff in it. And people are like, So no like lemon Perrier water? No. Nope, nope, that is a food flavor. And that can you put a lemon in? Nope. Oh, now here's why the body perceives that it just gets that hit of the flavor and it's like aligns and prepares to receive food. Now, some people are like, well, that doesn't raise insulin and people get really technical, right? A little lemon might not raise your insulin, but we are more complex system than just insulin and blood sugar. Okay. So make it easier. Save the flavors for your eating window. Mm-hmm. flavor party later okay plain unflavored water plain unflavored black coffee 
if you drink coffee, you don't have to start drinking coffee. Okay. Plain unflavored black or green tea, bitter tea, mm -hmm. plain unflavored minerals, electrolytes. Like you could put a little salt under your tongue to add a little brightness. If you kind of feel a little woozy, which is rare, but sometimes in the beginning, in that initial adjustment phase month, people can feel tiny wooziness or a tiny headache, put it few grains of high quality salt under your tongue and you'll probably feel better. So other minerals would be a magnesium capsule. I like the one by by optimizers because it has seven types of magnesium and no added ingredients. Okay. So you can have plain unflavored minerals um, in your fasting hours and then your medications as prescribed. So take your medication as prescribed. So plain unflavored water, plain unflavored black coffee, plain unflavored black or green tea, mm -hmm. plain unflavored minerals, and your medication. That's the clean fast. Okay. Eat as you please later. <laughs> what about supplements like vitamins? Vitamins are food. Okay. They are nutrients. So later on for the vitamins. Save it right now. Okay. You know, probiotics, vitamin D, you want that with food. So, yeah. um, okay. Here's one that, um, I had a big debate with my husband on this. All right, bring it on. Years ago, <laughs> and my neighbor who fasts. Oh. Um, uh, bullet coffee. Yeah, that's butter food. coffee, also known as butter coffee. Right. So, I will absolutely go toe to toe with the wonderful and famous Dave Asprey on that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Again, when a person is in their ideal physical condition. When you are a specimen of, <laughs> okay, yeah. most of us are not. <laughs> then you can choose, oh, I'm kind of fasting, Willie. You know, it's not really fasting. You're taking in fat, which is a macronutrient. That is food, okay? Yeah. okay. Then people say, yeah, but I have such a nice, bright energy with that fat coffee that then sustains me until I eat later. Right. Right. Look at it this way. Would I rather burn the fat on my body or the fat in my coffee cup? Because yeah. when I'm fasting, I'm burning fat mm -hmm. on my body. Yeah. So why would I intake fat for a nice sustained energy all morning until I eat later when I could be burning my own fat and getting into ketosis. Now people are like, well, you can get into ketosis with the bulletproof coffee, but again, which fat do you want to burn? That is the question. Yeah. And so fast clean have, if you love fat in your coffee, have it later in your eating window, because yeah. when you have that, it's eat, it's your, you can't pretend that you're fasting. You are taking in nutrients. Yeah. And so your eating window is open. Absolutely. And I watched a million videos on YouTube and it was so divisive. I was like, please I know. say it's okay. Okay. One last, last question. Yeah. Um, I was told in my coffee, I could put like cinnamon or nutmeg or spice, but that's a flavor. It's food. Ah. Your body perceives that as food. So I, See, I think it's safe to say I wasn't intermittent fasting. But here's the thing, <laughs> Jackie, is that you can have it all and what it's worth looking at why do we want those flavors so yeah. much mm -hmm. what is it about us yeah. yeah what why why can we feel why do we feel unsatisfied dissatisfied not okay 
with something plain. And, and so that's worth looking at. It's like, wait, I get all the flavors later in my eating window. It's not a diet. Yeah. And I can have all those, oh my goodness, I could roast a sweet potato and put all that cinnamon and nutmeg and, you know, all the delicious things later. Yeah. And I prioritize feeling my absolute best and having no aches and pains and lowering inflammation. It's funny to me, how many emails and, and things do we get every week that say, here are the foods that lower inflammation. And they're all like, you know, eat lots of blueberries and whatnot. It's like yeah. the number one thing you can do to lower inflammation is, is to fast clean. So you were doing some version of fasting, which is awesome. <laughs> and I think you can get very motivated just do research on autophagy and and i think you can tune in and listen to how well you feel and it gets quieter and the mental noise goes away when we're not chasing flavors while we're fasting yeah we're not mixing oh i'm gonna make a little concoction that's more of it yeah yeah so and like you quiet. said two weeks for your taste buds to acclimatize or change yes so that, exactly. that was very, I've never heard that before. So that was do really the two week taste bud experiment. And then the one month, not on the scale when you have a thought, is it working? Is it working? It's like, okay, again, this is more saving the flavors for later. Yeah. And tuning into how you're feeling when you ask the question, is it working? How am I doing? Is it working? How am I doing? This is taking a lot of effort. So, wow. Whew, calm down. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. how do you feel? Yeah. How do you feel? Step okay. one. And, and I know how I felt. So I, when yes. I did the 2022, I wasn't doing the bullet coffee. It was back when I was doing um, more of a long-term fast. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I guess I do have one more last question. Yeah. Keep, chai, keep it coming. Keep I it coming. have like a, a dirty chai tea that I have mm -hmm. every morning because I love chai. Mm. Um, I love that flavor. Is that, but that's not black tea. Is that's that right. okay on its own? Save it for your eating window. Damn. Okay. The body gets <laughs> excited. Yes. Now, if you, so kind of, you want to look at where you're at, right? If, if yeah. you were my client, we'd look at where, what's your age and what foods fuel you well and, and how long are you actually clean? Even if you're clean fasting for 14 hours and then you were to have that chai and what health markers do we want to move and what's the scale looking like? And, you know, so we'd look at all those factors yeah. and then choose. And you might decide, you know what? I'm having that amazing chai that I love so much every Saturday morning. And yeah. I am going to have it at 8 a.m. and my eating window will be open. It's going to be so delicious and fabulous. So we customize. But the thing is, when people say intermittent, I tried intermittent fasting, I felt really well, but it didn't really work for me. I want to know what they mean by it didn't work for you. Yeah. And then we didn't tweak it enough for it to work for you. You know, yeah. Right? Yeah. so, yeah. Oh, Lori, this has been really eye opening. And mm. Um, I, you know, I've gotten so busy and I just put things aside and then I realized, oh, it's, I blew it. I already had my coffee. I wasn't even thinking. So I feel, I feel inspired to try it again. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah, so well, then thank you. And are you open to answering any questions that we get? Oh, I, there's nothing I love more. 
Truly, truly. <laughs> so people can find me on fastforwardwellness.com and you can download a little checklist if you're like, wait, what were her instructions again? Check, check, check. Yep. And then um, read things there and write me on the contact form and tell me how you're doing. And, um, you know, people can share all your information to you. as well. Oh, I'm so excited to answer questions. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you, Jackie.